Hi, uh, welcome for another session of Faithful Leaders. I'm really pleased to have Gillian Strain with us today. Gillian, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. And so that I don't get things mucked up, Gillian, tell us a little bit about what you do, what, what life is for you, what occupies your time. Oh, well, it's lovely to be ch chatting with you. So I'm an Anglican priest. Um, my background is I'm a physicist. My PhD is in atmospheric physics. And um, I'm also a cancer survivor. And now I run this organization called the Guild of Health and St. Raphael, which kind of wraps up all my interests. It's like if God could have made me a job, this is what it was. It's about how to help churches become places of health and healing. It's for individual Christians to explore what health and healing means, which is a topic I'm very passionate about. And it's Christian healing with a relationship to science and medicine. So we've always worked with med med medicine and psychology as well. So it's all wrapped up into one. We're a membership community. We also run a podcast and we've produced resources for Christians who are also interested in this area. You best give us the website address. Yeah, of course. it's gohealth.org.uk. There you go. Great. And we'll try and repeat that at the end. Um, so lots of resources. So we are, let me just give context. It's it's June uh, 2021. We have been through a period of lockdown in the UK. Things are opening up a bit. There is potential we may have total freedom, although I suspect most of us think that will not be so on the 21st of June. But there you go. So we are in a slightly easier place than we were before. Uh, you're in, is it Litchfield? I'm in Litchfield now. I moved here during the last lockdown. That's right. Okay. So, I mean, with all your interest, Gillian, um, a pandemic, it must have been, you must have been sitting around thinking this, this doesn't relate to me at all, or potentially the opposite, that it relates to everything and everywhere all at once. What, what's it been like? You know, we had a really interesting meeting uh, after the beginning of the first lockdown with my really small, talented team. And we had had working on a plan for the, the previous year to rebrand. We'd gone around saying, you know, in what way is the healing ministry of the church relevant today? I spent a lot of my time explaining why the church should be interested in health. I talk about the theology of healing, about Jesus said, go make disciples and heal. What did that mean today? Um, I looked at the history of all that movement. And, and a lot of the time I was sort of making the case and then trying to, you know, sell the idea of the charity. Then the pandemic came along and I had this great meeting with the team going, do we change all our rebranding, which had been focused on in-person meetings, or do we just carry on going the way we're going? And luckily I went with, I, we went with our gut, which was, this is enormous. This is going to change how we live for a long time. And uh, so in effect, that meant shifting online and all the rest of it, uh, which is just a logistics that most people did, but more significantly and on a deeper level, something changed, I think, in a lot of people's consciousness. The pandemic sort of put to the rubbish bin the whole project of materialism and and ego and you know beauty and all and suddenly we were we were back to basics of what it meant to be a human being in a community and we're up against the wall. And suddenly the idea that the church needs to be in, engaged with health and healing. Um, wasn't such a, a difficult idea to sell anymore. And I have been overwhelmed with work ever since. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can well imagine. And it has been, I think that that sense of things being almost tipped. I'm just trying to think of a child's toy where you, you flip something around and it's got something on the other side. It's almost like 
some things that were on the back burner suddenly come to the front burner, don't they, in terms of their importance. And, and suddenly there's an interest in things where there was a passing interest before. We've certainly seen that in terms of faith action, in terms of faith in the public square. And that's been very interesting. Let's let's jump back a little bit, though. Tell us a little bit about how your faith has got you to where you are now. It's an interesting way to word the question, I think. Um, I'm always better at spotting God in the rearview mirror than I am, you know, uh-huh. next to me or up ahead. And um, my experience of a child, you know, a child I was raised in the church, but in a kind of don't take it too seriously sort of way. It's what one does, you you know. And um, but I found that when I was diagnosed with advanced cancer at 21, um, then it caught me short in in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, I was very isolated and lonely because um, no one else I knew who was 21 uh, was going through this experience. And um, I felt that at that time, I, I took an adult turn to my faith right. and um, could dispense uh, and dispense with sort of the, the, the frills at the side, at, at, around the edges of what it means to go to church. And the thing that drew me into an adult sense of faith was the explanation of suffering that yeah. we get in Christianity and nothing, uh, no uh, wealth or money or no ideas about meditation or or anything really um superseded um or met the the need i had at that time to understand why on earth how on earth on earth i could believe in god uh, who wrought me in my mother's womb and also gave me a life in which i my body was letting me down in such a dramatic way and so it was only through the explanation of what of suffering of what Jesus did on the cross that I was able to find and, and appreciate the kind of God is with us. Only a suffering God can help right. as Bonhoeffer Bonhoeffer. Yeah. Said that, you know, only because what Jesus went through, am I able to have faith in the world as I'm experiencing it right now? And that was kind of my experience and, and, and sort of zooming forward into ordained priesthood. I mm. particularly in uh felt called to a pastoral ministry with those on the edges, those who didn't go to church largely, and particularly through funeral ministry and chaplaincy and hospitals and so on. Um, and so it's sort of this, this idea only a suffering God can help and God is with us in his pain. And then when we go through the tough things, um, the faith isn't there as a sticking plaster or a placebo or a welcome distraction or a box full of magic tricks. Um, it doesn't give any easy answers, but it gives us this idea that God is with us. So my sense of where my faith is and how I've got today is, is it God being with, with me? Mm-hmm. And when I reach problems, whether in leadership or, or anything like that, this is God's project. It's not mine. And he's with wow. me in it. Wow. That's really profound. And, and can I just zero in on your age? Not now, your age now, because <laughs> that would be impertinent. <laughs> but um, so at twenty-one, so um, were you through university at that point? Because I'm just I'm interested in this kind of the, the science side. So you, you graduated, you then found out you had advanced cancer, then you went obviously through this time of, of suffering and that kind of thing as well. That's right. Yes, yeah. so I just finished my undergraduate in physics. I was having a summer off to earn some money. Uh, photocopying as it were as it happened so i could travel around europe um a physics degree right there well yes it was yes excellent um and 
I learned a lot working. You learn a lot working in offices mm-hmm. and in pubs. Um, uh, and then I, 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 I was actually climbing a mountain called Loch Nagar up in the Highlands of Scotland. Um, I'm a keen mountaineer and um, I couldn't get back to the car. I, I could, there's families of young children overtaking me and I knew I, in a deep level, I'm not sure rationally, but I went to the doctor the next day. Right, right. Um, I was into chemotherapy fairly swiftly. So I had a year out getting treated and then went back to the same institution. I'd done my undergraduate to do my PhD. Okay. Um, and that was the trickiest bit. Um, actually, you talked about child's toy there. The image that comes to mind for that period of my life is, you know, those cubes you get as, for babies. You've got to put the square thing through the square oh, hole. Yeah, yeah. So I felt at that period, like I was trying, I changed, cancer had changed my shape. Um, and I no longer fitted through the hole I used to fit into as I tried to go back into my old life. And um, part of the healing process for me was finding out what shape I was now, having had this experience at 21 and all the more difficult because no one else I knew had the same, a similar yeah. experience. Did you, um, so how, how did you find um, new relationships or new connections? I'm assuming it wasn't instant finding a different bunch of people that have been through what you've been through, but I assume you did come to connect with some people. Yeah. I'm, I'm, at this moment, all I can have in my mind is that scene in Apollo 13 where they make a square peg fit in a round hole. I don't know, <laughs> know that one. I'm just seeing you being made into something slightly uncomfortable, but <laughs> it was an uncomfortable right. I think, um, and this is all in retrospect in the rear yeah. view mirror. Um, I did a lot of volunteering okay. um, with the Lymphoma Society uh, and I worked a bit with the Teenage Cancer Trust right. um, as well, but I actually found it really difficult because that was a, uh, you know, I, I, maybe I helped people a little bit, but I felt like it wasn't moving on with um, yes. where I was. And I found my home then, um, I had been previously Presbyterian, I was brought up Presbyterian, okay. um, but then found through a series of really um, sort of God-given leaders, you know, a welcome home, first in the university chaplaincy and then in an Anglican church in London, where I found um, new people who knew me in a different way. And I also discovered a different spirituality. It was much more embodied, uh, much more um, sensory in the Anglo-Catholic tradition. And gradually made new friends that way. And I think it was less about finding people that, finding new friends understood me. It was much more about making friends with myself, um, yeah. with the experience I'd been through. Um, and was found, uh, found, I was happier myself because I, you know, I then suffered depression after being uh-huh. ill and things like that. So, which, you know, were symptoms of not being happy with what I'd been through and some deep healing was required. But ultimately the biggest healing thing I had uh, was when about seven years after I'd been through chemotherapy, I had really, really, really horrible chemotherapy. I mean, it's never nice, but I was really sick, was I went back and met up with my chemotherapy nurse who was a gay secular Jew. We didn't have a lot in common, to be honest, mm-hmm. but he'd been with me, you know, literally right. with me and was probably the person on planet Earth that understood most of what I'd been through. Okay. And I met him seven years later. And that moment of meeting him again, there's something about touching into the story and finding I'd, you know, I could survive it and I was in charge of it was the, the, probably the, uh, an important healing moment. Interesting. Really interesting. Um, tell me then, I know we're jumping all over the place. Um, 
tell me then a little bit about how faith has been you from a personal uh, sense and and i'm happy if you want to say it's been terrible because i think some people have found that but how has faith been a source or a problem for you over this pandemic thing from a personal perspective i know in terms of the guild it was great to hear about the guild there but in terms of yeah. a personal journey and and obviously you have moved home quite quite significantly you now have green things around countryside and what have you yes we're in the countryside we're in much a beautiful place i miss my london friends and everything but i i really enjoy where i'm living now so that's been a really positive thing <sighs> i was uh i've uh, a couple of reflections um like most people my work suddenly moved online i found myself in the diocese of london and i was part of a committee and gosh in the church how much do we think committees are going to sort all of <laughs> it was another committee and this committee was about uh organizing mass funerals right. and sort of almost like a apocalyptic yeah from the movie where i'd zoom in and there was quite senior people in this meeting i was the least senior probably um but how do we organize mass mass funerals yeah. and yeah. then look after the well mental well-being of the clergy who were doing it Right. So my husband was, my husband's priest, he was doing funerals. So it was in our house. And then how do you organize um, all of this? And then I was coming off these Zoom calls and saying, right, kids, tune our hum hummus for lunch. What do you fancy? And so I thought, oh, what are we doing? Um, and then the death toll. And I just, and, and uh, as a Christian leader, I, there, there was moments where you, you had to, delve into whether you really believe all this stuff yeah we're dealing with death on an unprecedented level not as unprecedented as we thought it was going to be right to... exactly yeah, yeah. i was i was in one of those groups i was i was part of an excess death group which excess. i mean i'm pleased after a while they changed the title God. but boy it's kind of really focuses isn't it really interesting and actually so i think this you know is this a moment? Can we believe in all this? Um, but I felt quite equipped, I think, through having had cancer. I've spent a lot of time thinking about death, particularly my own death, um, and, and looking to support others through it. Um, my heart uh, went out to people who are isolated and alone, as particularly those lonely deaths um, of people being unable to touch their loved ones as they yeah. die. I think that was a moment uh, for me. I think, but so I haven't really had any terrible moments because I felt. Um, I was able to do something as a priest to help those who were in need. We had daily okay. prayer online. But what I discovered was, if you'd said to me two years ago, do you think the church could have moved online? <laughs> I would go, no way. <laughs> After people can't even open an envelope, let alone find a computer. You know, that's never going to work. But, but it did. And, and to what degree is it real? And so I joined because I was living at home. My husband was a priest. I was running the charity. I had two young kids. It was just drove me nuts. And I definitely had major wobblies. Once, I'll tell you, Daniel, I, I once got under my desk and pulled the chair in because I was so overwhelmed by everything we were going through. But I discovered an online group of Roman Catholics saying the rosary every night at six um, with a friend of mine who joined um, and uh, he'd pop up online live and they'd say the rosary and i've never i'm not roman catholic uh although i'm an anglo catholic i would say but there was something really real about that group uh -huh. all joining and never meet them we'll never meet them 
Right. But at six o'clock, I go in the garden with my iPhone and my rosary and sit in nature and ignore the, put the headphones on so I can ignore my children for 20 minutes <laughs> and do this. And that was real. Yeah. And I got yeah. deep spiritual solace. Yeah. Saying the rosary to a bunch of stranger. Who'd have thought it? I think that that's a great that's a great um, phrase. Who'd have thought the number of things uh, we we did and um, and found solace in different things. Mm. Um, yeah. Now that that's really interesting. Well, listen, I I don't want to hold any more of your time, and hopefully we can get you to come back and we can talk about some other things. So let me just pause it there and thank you very much for your time. Thank Why don't you just give us that website again? Yes, gohealth.org.uk. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Guild of Health on Facebook. Go Health on the internet.